So good morning, guys. Great to be with you this morning. If uh, you've ever heard me speak here at Relevant before, you know that I have sort of a thing that I like to do. Uh, some would call it a goofy thing that I like to do to, to kick off my messages. Um, sometimes I'll show a funny video that applies to something. Um, I've even put together my own videos that usually include a Chick-fil-A plug of some kind. Uh, sometimes I wear costumes, yeah, but it's always to you know, make a point about the message. Like I came out like a boxer for our Fight Fair series. Had a robe on, looked, looked very much like a boxer, you can tell. Um, I wore a Superman costume one time uh, to illustrate how God uses ordinary people like us to be his superheroes, if fit. Um, I even came out once in um, fake muscles and tattoo sleeves. Now, that was mostly just to make fun of Ronnie and Matt, but, um, <laughs> but it was also to illustrate how, how hypocrites can look one way, but they're, they're really another way. So, that, you know, there's usually some tie to it. So this time around, when I was talking to Matt about this When in Doubt series, um, he got kind of serious, and he said, you know, you probably won't be able to do your shtick um, this time. And he was sort of pleading, but like, you're not going to dress up, right? Because this is, I mean, we're talking about doubt. It's pretty serious. And so I was like, oh, man, what a, you know, what a fun sucker. So, uh, so, that, so then I was talking to my wife. I was telling her about this conversation. I thought, uh, hey, oh, whoa, what is happening? What is happening? Wow. Thank you. Wow, I did not see that coming. He came a little early, too, but that was good. Yeah, if, if I wouldn't have been interrupted by Captain America, I was going to tell you that you know, I talked to my wife about this, and she was like, yeah, he's right, no costumes this, this time. And my Seth son, my 20-year-old, weighed in, no costumes, Dad. So, no costume. Hope you guys are happy. Uh, but we got it achieved with... Uh, Captain America. And that's gonna, that'll come back again later in the message, so, uh, so listen for it. Um, so, shifting gears without a clutch. Uh, we, we launched into this new series last week called When in Doubt, and it's a great look for us as Christ followers and for those who haven't put their faith in Jesus yet um, at how to handle it along the way if our faith gets shaken or at least gets a little shaky when doubt creeps in. And I love that we're doing this series because it's, it's an, an acknowledgement that uh, doubt is real, very real at times, um, in our faith, in the midst of building our faith in Jesus. And we all struggle with doubt at points along the way. Uh, for some, their faith is born out of doubt. They're not sure about handing their life off to a God they've never seen. You know, and could a man really die for the sins of all the world of all time and come back to life again? So their faith is born out of that. And, it's, and doubt is a constant companion in some people's journey with God. For others, doubt could be an infrequent visitor. But it can still rear its ugly head when faith faces tough and answered, unanswered questions or situations where God seems silent or hasn't come through yet. Matt did a great job of laying out the issue last week of doubt in our faith. Uh, if you didn't catch it, grab it online. It's a great message. He laid some great groundwork there uh, for the topic. But we concluded last week that the strongest faith isn't a faith that never doubts. Strongest faith is not a, doubt, a faith that never doubts. The strongest faith is a faith that grows while navigating through doubts, acknowledging that we have them, and we're going to grow our faith in the midst of these doubts, a faith that hangs tough in the middle of doubt, 
A faith that deepens by embracing the doubts and working through them with God leading you and walking by your side every step of the way. Well, a few years ago, um, I would have been completely unqualified to preach this message. Um, A little about my spiritual history. Um, I grew up in a very religious family. Uh, My parents took me to church a few days after I was born, and I was there pretty much every time the doors opened after that. But I knew from a very early age, I knew and believed that God is real and powerful and active in the world and is able to do anything he wants to. I put my faith in Jesus to be the forgiver of my sins, the leader of my life when I was a little kid, uh, seven years old. I'll never forget asking my mom and dad at that point, um, how, do I, how do I put my faith in Jesus? You know, I, I wanted to do that as a seven-year-old. So from a very early age, I had a strong, simple unwavering faith. No matter what was happening in my life, I believed God's got this. God's going to take care of it. He's going to work it out for his glory and my good if I continue to follow him and listen to him and surrender my will to his. I had what some people would call the gift of faith, and my faith never wavered, Um, never. Maybe I was just too simple to let questions detour me. I just didn't think that deeply, or maybe I was too stubborn to consider any alternative, but I always believed in God, always believed in God's love for me, always believed in his plan for my life, his hand on my every move until seven years ago. My wife Lori and I have three boys, and uh, seven years ago, one of our boys began to struggle with mental health issues. Um, The happiest sweetest, most tender-hearted kid you would ever meet um, started changing. He became suicidal, and we lived in fear that um, every day that we were going to go home and find him. Uh, he began to wrestle with his own doubts about God. He asked God to do some things in his life, to take some things away, and he didn't see God come through. And he eventually walked away from his faith in Jesus. Um, he would say today that he's not even sure that God exists. And as he got uh, deeper in all of this, uh, mental health issues got deeper, spiritual things, you know, those issues got deeper, um, he began to blame Lori and I for much of what was happening. Uh, You know, we certainly bear some responsibility. We're his parents. We were there, and we're willing to take whatever we need to take, and we've um, offered to to do whatever we need to do to work on this relationship. But as of right now, um, he has no desire to relate to us. Um, He's barely spoken to us in the past year, and he's missed some really big events, some family family wedding, family funerals, big things. Um, It's been heartbreaking, uh, excruciating, uh, because we we obviously love him more than he'll ever know. And there's not a day that goes by that we don't uh, think about him, that we don't pray for him, and uh, wish for more and better for him and for us in our relationship. Uh, But for the first time in my life, in this seven-year period, um, doubt has crept into my faith in Jesus. Uh, We've been praying for seven years for God to to do something. Um, I've begged God, I've pleaded with God, I've called out, I've cried out, I've even yelled to God, God, move! You know, do something. There have been times that we've seen God act. We've seen some God sightings in the midst of this for sure. But, but as of today, it's, it's not fixed. 
Um, our son is struggling with God and with us. And um, I've found myself doubting at times whether God will fix this. I've even asked him the question, you know, God, are you going to do something? You know, I know seven years is not that long in the scheme of things, but it, um, it's felt pretty long. So, uh, so let's get real about doubt um, in our faith. Um, and this is going to be about as real and, and raw as it gets. Um, you know, we, we try to be real with you up here and vulnerable about, about what God's brought us through in our lives. The guys do a great job with that. Uh, but usually we're looking in the rearview mirror. You know, we're telling you about something that we've been through that God has resolved. Uh, but for this one that I'm going to talk to you about this morning, we're still smack dab in the middle of a situation where we want and need God to act. You know, if this is going to get remedied, if our son is going to be well mentally and spiritually, God has to move in a powerful way. If our relationship is going to be restored, God has to act big. Um, and I, I, wanna, I want you to hear me say here that uh, we're not going to be saying today that the answer to my son's mental health issues is just to pray harder. You know, that, that, that's not going to be the message. We've pursued help on many fronts for his mental illness. And in retrospect, we wish we would have been even more aggressive with some things when he was younger. Um, so don't hear us saying that we can just pray, pray these things away. Uh, that's usually not how it works. Uh, but there is a very real sense for us on all fronts with our son that God has to move for him to move. So it's one thing to talk about doubt and faith in general or in theory, uh, but what about when you're in the middle of a situation where you want God to act? You need God to move, and he hasn't. He isn't. doesn't seem like. You want and need God to resolve that relationship. You know it's the only way it's going to get fixed, but he's still seemingly leaving you to struggle. You've been trusting God to take away that illness that debilitates you, but he hasn't. You need God to take over a financial hardship that you're struggling with, but he seemingly is leaving you in the middle of it. What do you do with your doubt when you're still in it? God hasn't fixed it. God hasn't resolved it. You're fighting to keep your faith strong, but you're wavering, just like I described where I've been. What do you do with your doubt in the middle? In between the now and the not yet, what do you do? Well, on this front, uh, Lori and I, are, we're fellow journeyers, we're fellow strugglers, and I'd like you to hear from, from both of us today about how we're navigating this time of growing our faith through doubt and what we're learning about God and ourselves along the way. Uh, so Lori, you want to come on up and join me? Uh, let me say as Lori's coming up, if you were here a few weeks ago, you uh, Heard Ronnie interview his wife and his daughter for the parenting series. Um, so you're thinking, oh, I know you're thinking right now, I go, oh, Andy's copying the big guy doing the wife interview. Uh, but let me say that I thought about it a couple weeks before Ronnie did it. So I mentally called the wife interview uh, <laughs> long before he did it. So, hey, babe. Hi. Thanks for joining me. You can see right off the bat I've married way over my head, um, way out of my league. Uh, thanks for being with me. So, uh, so I laid out this situation with our son. Uh, so just to kick us off, um, have you struggled with doubt through this seven-year period? No. <laughs> you haven't? <laughs> okay. Is, no. the, is that on? <laughs> is it on? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 So you no. said no, you haven't? I said no. Okay. This, that's yeah. a great interview. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for 
Thanks for participating. This is going to be really, really good. No, um, obviously I knew you were going to say that. Um, why haven't you struggled? What, how, how have you done that? This has obviously been really, really hard. How have you not struggled with doubt? Yeah. So it's, it has been incredibly hard. It's been the hardest thing that either of us have ever walked through in our lives. And there have been plenty of other hard things. But um, I have not struggled with doubt, uh, doubting God to come through in some way in this, doubting God to do what he said he will do, doubting God to be who he said he will be, because doubt has been a constant companion throughout my life. It uh, started when I was a teenager. I had doubts about whether I was really or not a Christ follower. I had doubts about whether or not God really existed. I had doubts about the dinosaurs. I had doubts about the carbon dating. I whatever, you name it, I had doubts about it. And um, the reason I think that I, I haven't struggled with doubt and doubting God's hand in this last seven years is because I spent the last 35 years before that um, really fighting for my faith and taking those doubts and trying to figure out how to, how to process those, how to handle those, and doing the hard work that that comes with being a person. Uh, we always say that Andy has the gift of faith and I have the gift of questions. And um, it's not real fun and it takes a lot of work and I have been doing that for most of my life. So, so you use the phrase, uh-oh, there goes your notes. Got to get those, sorry. Yeah. Trust me, you want me to have these. Um, <laughs> she needed it on that first question. So you use yeah. the phrase, uh, uh, fighting for your faith. <laughs> Uh, you use the, the phrase fighting for your faith. What, what's that look like? That's an interesting phrase you have, that you have to fight for it. What yeah. does that look like? So a little background is um, we have a niece that we love with all our hearts who lives with us, and she refers to Andy as a human bounce house. And it's literally the most accurate description I've ever heard of anybody. He just goes from one activity to another to the next, and he's thinking about what he can do next, and he's just a perpetual motion machine. And I am the exact opposite on the outside and the exact opposite up here. It's frightening. If anybody could see what goes through my mind, I think most of you would find yourselves terrified. Um, it's like all the tabs in the World Wide Web are open at the same time. And in every one of those tabs, there can be a question or a doubt or a, hmm, I wonder what about that. And it's just, it's just constant. It's just how God has made my brain to work. And um, I don't physically have the, the capacity to deal with all of the questions and doubts and things that pass through my mind. It's just not humanly possible. So one of the things I did to deal with my doubt was uh, get some counseling. I have, we have a counselor we've seen off and on for a very long time. Um, she knows and, everything about us. Yep. Highly recommend counseling. <laughs> but anyway, one of the things that I did was talk with her about what was going on. And the best piece of advice that she gave me was to learn the difference between what she calls flyover planes. There we go again. And um, flyover planes and landing the plane. And she said, you know, if you think about your doubts that you have... Um, a lot of them are what I would call flyover thoughts. 
you, you may wonder about carbon dating and you may wonder about the dinosaurs and you may wonder about all the things, but are those things really central to you struggling with your faith? And I was like, no, not really. I just kind of wonder about them, but they don't uh, damage. They don't do damage to my relationship with God. And um, she said, you know, so what about the ones you need to land? What planes do you need to land? And what planes are consistent in your thoughts and your doubts and your struggles? And those are things for me that are more like, does God really love me like I am? Am I really God's child? And sometimes, does he even really exist? Those are, those are um, the planes that I need to land. And there are a few others, and they come up randomly. But um, fighting for my faith looks like learning the difference between, okay, there's a, there's a plane. It's a flyover. I can let it go. It's not a big deal to me. Bye-bye. And... Oh, that one keeps coming. That question keeps coming. That one's causing me to struggle and to doubt God and to um, it's damaging my relationship with him. So I land that plane, and what that looks like for me to fight for my faith is I take the time to pray about it. I take the time to read about it. I take the time to research it. I talk with friends about it. I learn what I can learn, and I... Um, God and I together fight that particular doubt until, you know, I feel like I have some truth that I can stand on when it comes up again, because it will. Um, but when it comes up, the fight goes much faster. The victory comes much more easily because I know the foundation of those planes that I've landed and we've done the work on. Um, yeah. That's good. Very good. Um, any advice for people that, uh, you know, like us, they're, they're right in the big middle of it. God hasn't, hasn't worked it out. They're still right in the middle of their situation, and doubt is creeping in. Uh, any, you know, quick words of advice we wrap up? Um, uh, first of all, I would say I just would like to empathize with you. I know that it is uh, painful especially when you're waiting for something to happen that's not happening and you've been praying and you're not seeing God act and it's just, it can be debilitating. And um, so I would just like to say I understand and I'm sorry, but it, it does not have to stay that way. Um, I think that one thing that was really helpful for me and that I would advise you to do is just to acknowledge that doubt is part of faith. I'm, I'm not even sure that doubt or that faith can exist apart from doubt. I don't know. You can ponder that with me. It's one of my questions. Flyover. It's fly one over. of my questions. No, it's, it's <laughs> oh, not a flyover. Okay, it's a plan. Anyway, to, no, um, what is faith if there is no doubt? If you don't have to choose, I don't know. But anyway, I have come to accept that I am a person who struggles with my faith in some things. And the verse that Matt talked about last week with the... Um, the gentleman who brought his son to Jesus and said, Jesus, you know, we need help. Have pity on us. If you can do anything about this, please do. And Jesus said, if I can do anything, if I can do anything, um, where there's belief, you know, there, I will act. And this man is my 
my mental twin. He says, Lord, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. And I love that. You know, they, it's okay for them to coexist together. And there was enough faith there that God chose to heal. God, God is our ally as we walk through doubt. We don't have to hide it. We don't have to lie about it with him. We can tell him, I am struggling. I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. And um, I think that because I've struggled so much with this, you know, and struggled so much with being ashamed of a person, of being a person who doubts, um, that I've learned to see them as opportunities to go deeper with God. And when I, when I consistently struggle with those things, um, I know that, okay, this is a chance for me to go deeper in my relationship with God. So I would say don't be a victim of your doubts and your questions, and don't just stand there and take it when your brain is, you know, telling you crazy things like mine does or your some life situations have caused you to struggle or doubt. Um, I think that my personal faith has become so much deeper and richer because I'm a person of questions. Um, so whatever that means for you, I would say don't stand there and take it. Fight for your faith. Fight those doubts. Find out the truth so that you have a foundation to stand on when they come. And I would not have made it through these last seven or eight years had God not put me in the position of being a, a person of questions um, because I learned so much about how I can trust him and who he is and that he does love me and that he does love my son and he does have um, his best in mind even when I can't see it. And so in retrospect... Um, I am grateful God made me the way that he did to prepare me for this season of life that I would not have survived, I don't think, apart from him. That's great. Thank you. Give it up for Lori. So, Lori, you kept looking at my hair funny. Is everything okay? <laughs> no, you kept looking at my hair like there's something wrong with it. Is it Okay. All right, we'll, we'll deal with that later when we get home. Uh, so as I've been thinking about this the past few weeks and working on this message, I, I found myself drawn to a chapter in the Bible um, known as the faith chapter. Um, I thought that might be a good place to get some insight and help on growing my faith through doubts. And God showed me a couple of awesome things there that I want to share with you guys quick. Uh, this faith chapter is found in a, a New Testament book called Hebrews. Um, like much of the New Testament, it, it's actually a letter. Uh, it was probably written by one of uh, the Apostle Paul's traveling companions as they were starting churches through the known world. And the faith chapter really digs in for these Christ followers who were struggling with their faith because of persecution. You know, they were being persecuted by the Jews of the day. So the recipients knew something about doubt and wavering in their faith in the midst of difficulty. And the, the faith chapter, Hebrews 11, if you've never read it, uh, grab it on your Bible app somewhere. Uh, read Hebrews 11. It's awesome. But it starts like this. It says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for, the assurance about what we don't see. Um, I used to think this meant that if I'm really confident about what I want, you know, there's something that I want God to do, what I hope for, what I want God to pull off, if I'm sure that God's going to do this. You know, the more confident I am when I'm asking God, 
for it and don't waver that I'm going to get it. You know, that it's about my confidence in what I want. I just need to have unwavering confidence, and there it is. So if I buy some Nebraska lottery tickets, you know, I need to be super confident that God is going to make me win. He's going to do this, have undying faith in winning the jackpot's mine. Well, guess what? Um, It hasn't worked. Um, I still have not hit the jackpot. Because I begin to discover that real faith isn't confidence in what I hope will happen. It's not about me and what I hope for a certain outcome. You know, like Lori and I are thinking about our son. We're thinking about, oh, this is how we would like this to look. You know, we've got an outcome in mind, but, but this is saying, you know, your hope is not in that outcome. It's not about me and the outcome that I'm believing God in at all. My confidence needs to be in the substance of where I'm putting my hope. And for Christian faith, for that confidence needs to be in God. My confidence and hope need to be rooted in who God is, what he has promised, and how I've seen him act in the past. Who God is, what he's promised, how I've seen him act in the past. That's the assurance of what I don't see yet. I've seen God's character in the past. I've seen God move in the past. I know what's important to God. I know what God has promised through the writers of Scripture. I've seen and heard the stories of how he's acted with people of faith. You know, the famous ones you read about in Scripture, the not-so-famous ones that, that you know. And that gives me assurance about what I don't see. You know, it's about God, not about my thing that I want. So my faith, my belief, my hope is in God alone, not a certain outcome that I want. If I'm putting my faith and hope in a certain outcome, for our son, for instance, you know, we know what we want that to look like. If that's where my hope and my faith is, uh, my faith is likely to be shattered. Because real faith, growing faith, faith that will survive and even thrive and grow through doubt is grounded in something much greater than what I want. It's based on who God is, what he's promised, and what I've seen him do my whole life. Then the writer of the faith chapter does something very cool. I love it. He begins to give examples, life stories of heroes we read about all through the Old Testament of the Bible. Uh, Some people you've probably heard of, like Abraham and David and Joseph and Moses. And some you've probably never heard of, like Barak and Rahab and Jephthah. And and it lays out what they accomplished through their faith. Check this out. It says, the people in this hall of faith, as it's called, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, escaped the sword, became powerful in battle, routed foreign armies, saw dead people raised to life. These were some incredible people of faith that saw God do some amazing things. But these were not necessarily the Captain Americas of the faith. Oh, see what I did there? (laughs) This list is dotted with murderers, adulterers, prostitutes. One of the guys in this list, to save his own skin, told the king that, that my wife, she's actually my sister. And he gave his wife to the king to do whatever the king wanted to do with her. This group gives me great hope. If this is the hall of faith... I'm like, yes, okay, good. But then you see this about this group of people, and this is amazing and inspiring to me. It says this. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. And it adds this. 
All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. You know, you would think these people in the hall of faith, they would have incredible stories to tell about. This is the promise God made, and listen to what he did. No, their story was, this is the promise God made, and I was still hanging on when I died. I didn't get it. I didn't get to see it. I welcomed it from a distance. It's incredible, and in a strange way, it inspires me and spurs me on in this fight for my faith. The superheroes of the faith died still waiting for God to come through and do what he promised to do. They were still living by faith and waiting for God to come through when they died. They hung tough through what I'm sure had to be times of doubt. I believe if we could interview all of them up here on stage and ask them, uh, did your faith ever waver while you waited? You know, did you ever doubt God was going to do what he promised? I am relatively certain they would say to a person, absolutely yes. I waited so long. There were times that my faith got shaky in the waiting, and I had to reaffirm and reestablish and reroute my faith by focusing on who God is, what he's promised, and how I've seen him act in the past. And that's exactly what I've had to do at times over the past seven years. Uh, when doubts begin to push their way into my faith and I start to doubt God is at work in our situation, um, I've learned to navigate those doubts by asking myself three questions that ground me in Jesus as my hope and not a certain outcome as my hope. And here they are. I'd encourage you to take a picture of these. Do something to grab them so that you can work through them when you're in the middle of a situation that is testing your faith. I work through these to recenter my faith when I'm struggling with doubt and beginning to wonder and question God. You know, are you going to come through, God? Are you going to do something? Am I going to get to see it? Here's question number one. Do I believe God is able to do something in my situation? Is he capable of acting here and turning this around? What do I believe about God's ability? And when I work through that question, 100% of the time I've been able to affirm yes. I absolutely believe God can heal and restore and deliver and do whatever he wants to. He's God. So I do, do I believe God is able to do something? Second question, do I believe God is a good father who's working for their good or my good and his glory? Do I believe God loves and wants the absolute best for my son? way beyond what I want. And 100% of the time, I've been able to affirm, yes, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. I believe. And the third question, have I seen God move in the past that tells me he's got this and he's going to do what he promised? When doubt creeps in to challenge my faith, it always helps me to get out my journal and recount what I've seen God do over and over and over and over again. And it convinces me, it gives me supreme confidence, gives me assurance in what I can't see, that God is going to come through to accomplish his purpose and deliver his promise. Because he always does and he always has. I just haven't seen him do it in this situation yet. 
So, uh, followers of Jesus in the room, if you're where Lori and I are, right smack dab in the middle of waiting on God to move, I'm pleading for God to come through, calling out to God to act, or your situation is sunk. It's not going anywhere without Him. And you're getting weary like I have. You know, doubts knocking at your door like it has mine. Uh, Take heart. God is there in the middle of the now and the not yet. And He is an ever-present help in times of trouble like this. He promised. For those of you who haven't put your faith in Jesus yet because you have some doubts about God and you can't seem to shake those, um, go to God with your doubts. Like Lori said, talk to Jesus, be gut-level honest about any doubts you have that are keeping you from putting your faith in Him. He can handle your doubts. He's not condemning you for your doubts. Just like we read last week, Jesus and one of His best friends had to see and feel and touch the evidence that Jesus was truly alive before He could believe it. Couldn't believe the words of His friends. He had to see it. Jesus didn't condemn Him for His doubts. He will show your, his, his self to you as you seek him out. Keep taking steps toward him and allowing him to resolve the doubts that are standing in your way. But know that the essence of faith is you won't have all of your questions answered. You won't have all of your doubts resolved. That, that's part of what faith is. There's still some unseen. But you have to find out about, enough about Jesus to say, I can rest and put my faith and confidence in him. I want us to uh, take a few minutes together just to reflect on all of this. Uh, ponder, consider, wrestle with these questions. We're going to have them up here on the screen. Justin's going to sing a song to help us do that. And I love the words of this song because it tells us that in times like these, when doubt is creeping into your faith, it says, I know God is able to change my situation in a heartbeat. I know He's able. But even if He doesn't, My hope is not in a certain outcome I want. My hope is in Him. So listen and spend a few minutes with God on these questions. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now I'm losing bed I called out to God, night after night I just want to know it's gonna be alright Right now, oh right now I just care It's easy to sing Takes a little faith to move a mountain. 
God, we believe you're able. Help us in our unbelief. God, we know what you promised. We know who you are. We stand on that. We put our hope in that. Uh, Help us in our unbelief. God, thank you for the way you've acted in the past that helps us know that uh, you're still here. You're still at work, even if we don't see it. Uh, We believe in you. Help us in our unbelief. God, I pray you would encourage anybody in the room who's in the middle, who's right in the big middle of waiting and wondering if you're going to move. God, give them strength, give them courage, help them know your presence, help them know your peace, help them to keep walking with you through the doubts. God, I pray for the folks in the room who have never put their faith in you. God, give them the courage to do it right now, today, that they know enough about who you are, enough about who Jesus is and what he did, that they can say, yeah, I'm putting my faith there. Even though I've got some questions, I've got some doubts. God, give them the courage to do that today. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen.